What's up, Nyoph? How are we, Daisy? We're great. That's good. <laughs> I like your confidence. <laughs> I once did an interview with like one of my friends who was doing this, and he's like, "Oh, am I allowed to interview you?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so, but what he was doing is like, I'd ask him a question, and then it's like, "Oh, so what about you?" <laughs> Legit, everything is like, "Okay, so what about you?" <laughs> At least try to make it a question, like, phrase it in a question way. Classic. Classic. Oh god, I'm calling someone. Oh days. They're about to hear in. Oh, I call the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> Uberman, you're about oh to god. hear our podcast. Testing oh. one two Uberman is about to listen in. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, cool. Anyway, so we are here mm-hmm. to talk about home and what that looks like and what that means to you pretty much. So, when you think of home, what's it like the first thing that comes to mind? Home will always be back home in Africa. But there's there's a, there's a certain, there's limitations to that when it comes to me. Only because I did grow up here in the Western world. So, it's like, where do you depict where home is at that certain point in time? And we're all here as Africans living in the diaspora, hopefully to just kind of make our way up in society only so we can go back home and mm. try and build home, especially for from where I come from, South Sudan. It's obviously not the safest place to be or to live at the moment. So I think for me, being in Australia, I'm just really here to make my mark in this world and to kind of develop my knowledge and, you know, my skills and excel in those and take them back home because Africa is my home. That's where I was born. That's where I'll always consider home. But as of now, Australia is my home. And I and I still consider Australia a beautiful place. I did grow up here. Most of the things that I learnt mm. were in this country. So I guess it's just about how an individual depicts home for them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I've had, like... <clears throat> previous conversations like even the ones that weren't recorded when I was kind of like initializing how to go about this whole idea and I was speaking to people and some of them are just like like home is different for everyone else for some people it's a feeling it's the physicality of it it's people like there's certain aspects um like that come together to make it mm-hmm. home or homey quote-unquote like feel feel like home um so like for you do you have certain things that make a certain space feel like that? Or, like, is it people? Is it spaces? Um, yeah. What's For that? me specifically, I think it's just about where do you feel as an individual you fit in and where do you think that oh, you belong nice. in society? So me, living in Australia, I know that I do fit in here to a certain degree. And I may not always fit in here because society does change and times do change and people have different ideologies as time goes by. So I'm not always going to fit into this generic society of Australia. But when I go back home, I will always fit in. You know, Mm. I, I, I was raised as a black woman and I always stay as a black woman. So when I do go back home to South Sudan... I'm always going to be a South Sudanese, no matter what. If I come here, it's more like complex. It's like I'm 
South Sudanese Australian yeah. or I'm sometimes I'm Australian or I'm Australian to a certain degree, you know? Mm. So it's like, for me, it's all about belonging because it doesn't really matter where you, your people are. I guess it's like, where do you feel comfortable living in that society and how, how does the society treat you as a human being based on the, on the fact that you are of African descent? Because if I go to somewhere like, I don't know, just an example, like, China or India or something that's completely opposite from where I'm from. <laughs> I'm not going to feel like I'm from there. I'm not going to feel like I belong only because it's two completely different social groups. You yeah. know? When I'm in Australia and because I did grow up here, I do feel like I belong here only because, you know, I, I know the culture here. I've learned to understand the culture and I've learned to live in this society to the point where it's all I've ever known in a sense. But if I do go back home, it's like, this is actually where I'm from. You mm. know, um, I may not have grown up here, but I know all the, you know, the, the ethnics of being a South Sudanese woman and, you know, living up to my expectations and, you know, um, building those bridges with my people. But here it's kind of complex, yeah. you know, if that makes sense. It does. Um, I think you brought up something really important. So with, like, do you feel like you, because you were raised here, and so you're far away from home, but then you're still in touch with your culture because your family and your parents have made sure that's still the same. Do you ever feel like there's conflict in culture between, like, you... Like, you were raised in Australia, so there's an Australian culture, for lack of a better word. No, there's an Australian way of doing things that doesn't necessarily... is not the same with the African, South Sudanese way of mm -hmm. doing stuff. And so, like, your parents and um, some of your family that's around you is... Like, was accustomed to culture from South Sudan. Does that make sense? Like, mm -hmm. they, they lived there a bit longer than you did. Mm -hmm. um, but then it's being passed on to generations, but then also with the generations, there's people who are born here, so they kind of have both cultures that they're kind of like trying to balance. Yeah. yeah. So there has been certain points in my life where it was a bit difficult to balance those two different nationalities or ethnic groups. And for me, it, it was kind of just a balance where I had to know where I'm from and what I know. So what I know is I know Australian culture, but where am I from, you know? Mm. And like you said, I grew up with my family teaching me the, the values of my culture. And for someone who wasn't taught that, it'd be completely dis distorting for someone to say, oh, yeah, this is my culture. If you, know, if you don't know anything about your culture, then you, you're really not from there, you know? Yeah. Intact, but... I, I, I know my cultural background. I know, you know, what's involved, my roots. And so I do think that that plays a very important role when I, when I can say that I know the balance of it. But growing up, there's certain things that, you know, you see and you're involved in and you participate in that kind of set you apart from the average Australian because mm. just because people say you're African Australian or you're Australian does not mean you fit into that category to, to the point where you can be like, actually, I know how all that works. Mm. And there's been so many 
like situations growing up where I can say that it was hard to kind of, you know, nourish that into into one, you know, setting. And I can't speak for everybody, but me, I've learned to kind of use that balance as a way that I can react to certain situations or handle situations only because of my upbringing. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, like, with... We're living in a society where, like... In Australia, there's this, particularly Melbourne, there's this idea that we live in a multicultural city and that's the selling point pretty much of Melbourne <laughs> to everyone. Um, but then my issue and what I've really seen is what we do with that multiculturalism mm-hmm. is we take advantage of it, but then we, the people who belong to these different cultural groups um, and ethnicities they they're the ones who it's at their expense. Yeah. So particularly being African and people using that as a selling point, but then we can see clearly like our society here is really not for us. Like we're just here for yourself. So um yeah, and just moving to a racially being a minority for me was something that I knew was gonna happen. But then coming from a predominantly black country and being the majority and then moving here and then being, like, actually experiencing the life as a minority was different. But what I found really, like, a safe haven for me was just being around other African people because we have something, there's that familiarity with within that community. Um, and you sort of, like, understand each other. And it's not like we go there and complain, <laughs> like, about everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. You just really click because then... It's, it just feels right. Um, do you feel like that's something that really helps with just making Australia feel more like home? Like just being around people mm-hmm. that are able to relate to you without even having to talk. Like you just meet someone in the street and you're like, hey, what's up? You don't even know who that is. Yeah. You probably wouldn't see them again. But there's just that kin kinness like k-i-n-ness yeah that's a word it's it's definitely important to know as as a minority as of african to identify with people that make you feel like you're safe in a space or in an environment as well so when you do identify with those people it's a lot more easier to kind of live a lifestyle where people are more accepting of your background and and your ideas and and your struggles and and i think that's why a lot of people or not people but a lot of black folks tend to all hang with each other that's and that's something that I also experienced in school as well like most of my friends in school were all black not not because we just wanted to hang with each other because we're all black it's because we we face the same struggles within a school system you know we all understand our struggles we all all know how our parents work and how our parents would react to certain things Mm. and you know, we're more understanding of each other as opposed to the white kids, you know. Not that there was anything wrong with having white friends, but I now, as an adult, I see why most kids hang with their own minorities because mm. it's really about understanding. So if, if you're with an individual that understands you as a person and your background, you're more likely to feel like you're in a safe space, you know, because I, I, I never used to understand that concept growing up. Why do 
you know, Africans only hang out with Africans and why do Asians only hang out with Asians and et cetera, you know, because that was literally the, the circle and society in all the schools that I went to, you know, primary school, high school, everybody just hung out with their own groups. And I never understood that, you know, until I got older. It's because you only identify with the people that you know can understand you and yourself and your background. So, mm. you know, a, a person of, you know, black descent in Australia especially these days, you know, coming up to 2018, it's so, there's a lot of things that are happening in this world. So you want to feel like you're the most safest when you're around the people that really, you know, understand why you are the person that you are and why you do react the the way that you react as well. Nice. Well said. Really well said. Um, So my next question is, if you were to build like an ideal home what would that look like it would look like this just where i'm from to be honest oh wow yeah it would just look like this i I think australia is a beautiful place so imagine me going to africa and you know it's exactly like this it's 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 not a it's not a uh, third world country you know Mm. everybody's living in peace and i know they'll never ideally there will never be peace in this world but just living in a world or in a country where people go to work people go to school like it's normal things like that are normal but i can't go as of now go to africa and just see see every child going to school compulsory it doesn't happen like that you know it's yeah. it's expensive you know the economic system's not good the economy's trash like just everything's really falling apart so for me my ideal world is to live in africa in a world where everybody is progressing up because i think even um, first world countries are always progressing, you know. So going back there and just people walking down the street, as if I can see people walking down the street in Melbourne, you know. Everybody's going to their day job. Everybody's living life. Like, that's my ideal world. So I guess we'll just see how the world pans out and inshallah. Oh, nice. Africa. Inshallah. All right, I'll just have a look at my questions and see. No probo. <coughs> um. Oh, it's a good one. So if you were to change anything, what would you change? In what? Oh, sorry. In, in, like... So we've established that your ideal home would be the same. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is just a follow-up question. Cause then, but if it was like something different, it would be, oh, so that's what it is. What do you think we can do now to change it? So for you, since um, there's nothing really changing um, in terms of your ideal setting mm-hmm. of what home would look like, mm-hmm. what would you like to see changing with the home that you're in at now? Like in the Australia. I, I want to go back to all the home that I'm in now. Like in Australia? I think the biggest thing is representation. And, Oofed. you know, implementing propaganda in a more positive way, especially about African people. And in the last couple of years, we've seen, you know, African people are being, you know, put forward and there's a lot of light being shed on them in a, in a negative way. And it's, and it's made a lot of people... A lot of small-minded people in Australia just think so completely differently of African people and grouping us all together as, you know, horrible people and subjecting us to labels where 
I think where labels where anybody can be of that label, not just African people. So for me, it's about representation and how, you know, we put the information there about a certain minor minority, putting that, you know, giving them a voice to share, really, mm-hmm. and having them had have their story heard and not just, you know, what the media wants you to think. Because I think a lot, a lot these days, people or media just they feed you what you want to hear mm-hmm. and it's so sad to hear that a lot of these people do believe everything which mm. is which is crazy to think because in 2018 how are we still just believing everything that the media is putting out there but so sorry it still happens in this world i agree um and do you feel like as a creative um someone who's involved with different space creative spaces also um, how do you think we can do that to change that narrative um, within the media and representation just generally? Mm-hmm. You know, I heard someone tell me a couple of weeks ago, um, this was a Caucasian person, and they said to me something along the lines of, oh, this used to happen to, to the Greeks and the Asians and, you know, the Indians back when they first immigrated to Australia. Which is probably true, but how are we still confining to all those ideas, even up to this point? Why is that still happening? Because I'm sure there's going to be a completely new minority that's going to get picked on in a couple of years, but why does that have to be the case, Mm. you know? And I remember thinking to myself, if we can change that representation by giving that community the resources and the tools to actually help their community because a lot that goes on in you know a certain group or just just certain people just giving a bad look on their community it happens to everybody but there's i think there's i really do believe there's a reason why people act the way that they are it's because they they they're treated in a completely distort distorting way in society that leaves them no choice but to be, behave so recklessly Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that's the reason, you know, because they, they've obviously been treated and they've had enough of what society is giving them uh, or, you know, the the plagiarism that's been put onto them. So giving a community. So I'm going to talk on behalf of my community, giving a certain community the, the resources and the tools to be able to help their people while they're struggling or going through some hard times, you know, help them, help them, you know, get them mm-hmm. some, you know, some connect them to the right services, you know, connect them to government, government officials, you know, connect them to services where people can get mental health. Oh, yeah. Cause there's a lot of that <clears throat> going on, especially in the African community, connect them to those type of services so they can actually help their own people. But for me, I think it's like, especially the youth are being, people are just playing with them. You know, they, they're in a system where, it's designed for them to fail. So once they do get a bit older, it's it's going to be so hard for some of these people to get jobs and, you know, just live prop, proper lives because from such a young age, they've been made to think that if you do this and if you do that, you'll be okay. But that's not really how it is. Oh, nice. That was really good. It's a good solution. Mm-hmm. It's a good solution, but I'm just one person, you know. Well, that looks like it. Yeah? Yeah, that's it. Unless you have anything to add. (laughs) Nothing to add. 
But thanks for coming. No really. problem. Yeah. This is great. Nice.